All right. Nice to see everybody. If you're here, it means you're uh, not going too far for Pesach, so you got to get an opportunity. Well, yeah, we might good. be tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay, tomorrow morning. Rob, we're sorry, it's tomorrow morning. Sorry, tonight. Oh. The, the room is clean. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, come on in. All right. So, uh, you guessed that I was on purpose. Right. I know. You're on purpose. I know. Okay. Anyways, okay. Come and you can come closer if you want or not. Whatever. I'm holding this for Rafi. Okay, good. All right, so the, the goal tonight, so I, I didn't want to give just the Torah. We're going to talk the Torah on the Seder. I don't want to do only the Torah on the Seder because the whole chap is that the Seder shouldn't just be the Torah because that's not just for that. It's for what you were saying before. We have to tell the story of the Egypt, right? And we can't just, if we say fancy the Torah the whole night so that no one's going to actually film it. I mean, you're probably filming it, but you're not going to like do what we're there to really do, right? Which is tell the story. So, uh, so you can bring more chairs. So, um, so what we'll do is we're gonna t- we'll, we'll talk about some some. These are all most of these are new ideas that I haven't seen before. Um, maybe you've seen them, maybe not. Um, so some ideas just to, to use. Um, some of them, some of them are, um, you know, the idea of having more divrei Torah for the seder though. You know, also they don't have to be told only at the seder. And this is very important. So if we do this in my house because every kid, Kananahara, we have all the, like a lot of siblings together, right, and a lot of grandchildren. Every grandchild wants to give 73 Divrei Torah. So, and if you're to have a child who just came home from Israel, that they probably have 173 Divrei Torah. Right? So, so, we, so we try to encourage them. That's great. So, well, you can also give Divrei Torah at other meals of, the state of, of Pesach. It's also okay, right? It's actually a good thing to learn. If you, if you didn't see the... You didn't see it yet. It didn't come out yet. We have, uh, you know, the, the Pesach Torah journal for this. So, I, that's what I wrote about in, the, in my piece about... Let's use the Seder night as a prototype right, for our, our Shabbos table all year round. But anyways, um, so as much as I told you I'm not going to say Divrei Torah, we'll say some Divrei Torah. But then we'll talk a little bit about some other ways to kind of enhance the Seder for, for younger children and for adults uh, as a way to make it even, I think, more, more accessible, hopefully. So the one thing that we should definitely do, one thing that we should definitely do, we need more, um, is we have, to, we have to, it's really important that whatever we do the night of the Seder, we remind, remind ourselves what the goals are, right? And that we don't just sit down and say like, okay, like, let's go through the Haggadah. We should do that also. But we have to know what, what are we doing here? Right? What is the goal of sitting at the, at the Seder and the Seder night? So take a look at source number one. The Sefer Chinuch writes as follows. Right? And this is the Sefer Chinuch on the Mitzvah, mitzvah Chafalaf, which is Mitzvah Sipur Yitzhiyah. We try him, the Mitzvah of telling the story, right? What, what are we doing? And the Sefer Chinuch, every time he talks about any Mitzvah, he gives you the halachas of the mitzvah, and he gives you what's called mishar ha mitzvah. What is the fundamental issue that we're trying to deal with, or trying to address by this mitzvah? So he writes mishar shei mitzvah zu mashakasah bekorban pesach. So I told you already bekorban pesach what it is. Ve'eminatema he says it shouldn't be surprising. In bal lano mitzvos rabos as if so many mitzvos that are zeich letzias mitzrayim right mitzvah say mitzvah salosa say why there's so many mitzvos associated with this concept. It is a founda- big foundation and strong pillar in our Torah and in our Amuna. What is? Leaving Egypt. We say it all the time in our brachos and our tefillos. What do we say? We always say the following words. Right, we do this, we say Kiddush every Friday night. Why? Because Yitzhiyah Spitzrayim is the greatest sign and symbol and wonder, proof that 
Hashem made the world. Why is it he's to try and prove that Hashem made the world? Isn't Maaser Bracious the proof that Hashem made the world? We weren't there at Maaser Bracious. Okay, A, we weren't there at Maaser Bracious. That's why Hashem says, Anoch Hashem Lokech Hashem, Tzitzich HaMeretz Mitzrayim. Yeah, but what else? Here he turned around nature. He flipped nature, right? The Ramban writes that, right? The fact that Hashem changes nature in that moment, in that, those 10 months, what does it prove? It proves that he's the, he's the one who controls nature, right? The fact that he changed it is the proof that he is in control. He's in the driver's seat, right? It proves to us that there is a God who exists before anything else, who can do whatever he wants. Poel calling themselves El Hayesh Shehem Alav. Right? And he does whatever he wants with those who are there. Hashem is in control of the world. That is what you, the, the experience of Yitzhiya Sutrayim was here to prove to us that there is a God who is involved in the world. That's what it's about. And if there's one goal when we walk out of the Seder night, it sounds so simple and so basic. You know what the answer is? It is simple and it is basic and it's important. But it is simple and it's basic. And that's the goal of the night. God can change it ever he wants, right? That's the whole point. He changed the process of nature for us. He did crazy miracles. It silences any person who wants to deny that he created the world. And it strengthens or establishes our Muna that Hashem exists. That Hashem is control of everything that happens. The big things and the little things. That is the goal of mitzvahs, sipriyats, yes, to try to do that. So if that's true, what does it mean? It means that everything we do at the night of the Seder should be directed towards emuna. That's what it is. It's a night of emuna. It's a night of reminding ourselves and teaching our children and, and talking about it as adults that Hashem controls the world, Hashem created the world, and Hashem is involved in the world. That is the first thing we need to know. That's why it's the, the anniversary sort of, of our nation. Right? That's, that's Anochi Hashem is number one. Right? And that's what it's there for. And so that's what we have to think about. Fine. But even as we go through the Seder, go through the Haggadah, so there's going to be, you know, there are other, other pieces of it that reflect that point and not every single point is going to reflect that exact point but we should, have to, we should remind ourselves to kind of focus that way through everything that we do at the Seder okay so that's idea number one I, I, I sometimes like when, it's, when I'm running the Seder which is not very often but every once in a while so I'll sometimes start with the Sefer Chinuch I'll open the Seder night with reading the Sefer Chinuch because it's a way to just remind us and focus everybody like, what are we here for what are we doing this it's a great by the way it's a great way to start the Seder right ask your why are we here what are we doing this for Right? People can ask, you get a lot of answers, right? And this is really the answer. I mean, a lot of the answers are, are right, too. Like, you know, Misora, and then, whatever, fine. But, but this, this is the truth. Fine. But what about the fact that we call it the Seder? Why do we call it the Seder? So we actually call it the Seder for the same reason. Take a look at the Svasemis in source number two. The Svasemis, the Gareva writes as follows. Shamati Mipi Morizel, Ashikorin Lil Pesach Seder. Why do we call it the Seder? V'chein Omrim Chasal Seder Pesach. You probably have, a, I don't wonder if you and me have the same song, but, right? When we finish the Seder, we sing, Chasal, Seder, Pesach, right? That, why do we call it the end of the Seder of the Pesach? Lirmoz, Lamashikos, Maral, it's a remez, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a hint to that which Maral writes. Kamosha yesh Seder lateva, Kain yesh Seder miyuchad, Lenyesim v'niflos, Kamashikos, Lamal. There's Seder in the Seder, the Seder has an order, a process, all the random, weird things that we do with the Seder night, are not random. They're all there to be done in a certain order 
for a certain reason, everything has its place. It's not random, right? So too, there is a Seder in the world, right? Venerally owed, so that's number one, right? When, when Nisim and things happen, it's not random. Just like the things we do tonight are not random, the things that happen in the world are not random. Venerally owed perish. I'll give you another explanation. Seder, Lermoshagam, Kol Talochos Hagolos, Hayahakol, Seder Miuchad. Everything that happens in exile is all also ordered on purpose. Shalom Namar, don't say, Kikara Siba Shishalat Paro, B'nai Israel, Rakak. Oh, yeah, why was it that Paro worked out for him? You know, sociologically it made sense. No, no, no. This wasn't like something that's rational, it just happened to be. No, the Rebona Shalom set it all up. Right? Hashem promised this to Avram Avinu. So this is interesting. It's, it's, it, you can say, but there are things that people can do that can cause things to happen. That's definitely true. But at the end of the day, the blueprint is made by the Rebona Shalom. <coughs> Even the specifics of the, the difficulties. It was all there in a specific way, for a specific, in, in, in a specific order. Even the, all the things about the hard stuff. All of it. And at the end of the day, it was there so that we could see things come out in a certain way. Again. We don't say, like, we know why, right? We also, bad things happen. Oh, I know, the Rebbe has a Seder. That's not something to say, like, at a Shiva house. Okay, we're not going to, like, right? that's not a good thing to, to say to somebody, right? Because we don't know Hashem's Seder, right? But Hashem has a Seder. There's a Seder for the world. So as we sit at the night of Emuna, right, to, to strengthen the sense that the Rebbe controls the world, we sit at something that we call a Seder. Why? Because that's the point. That's exactly what it's all about. Fine. Okay. Good. Part of the Seder is the Dalakosos. Maybe one of the, the best known elements of the Seder is the Dalakosos, right? And we, we drink four cups of wine in the Seder because... There's actually a bunch of reasons given. You show me other reasons, but... The four reasons why we sit at... Why, why we have four um, cups of wine at the Seder. Fine, that's the basic reason, right? Four different ways that Hashem describes the, the, the Geula that He's taking us out of Mitzrayim. There is actually, though, a fifth language, right? It's actually a little bit machlok is what the fifth one is, but we assume it's ve'vesi eschem el aretz. The COVID, the COVID Pesach, I talked about the fifth cup. Right? We talk about the, the kosher al-yahu is, is for that fifth cup. But the orachayim al-karosh has such an interesting question. And it also focuses us on what we're supposed to do the night of the Seder. And he writes like this. Because Vevesi, just by the way, sorry, before you skip it, look at source number three again for a second. Pasuk Ches, right, says, Vevesi aschem el and associates the etc. Right? So after all those other things, he says, go back one more also, Zion, Vilakarti aschem lila'am, right, that's the, fi- the fourth. Vayisi lachem lalokim, vidatem, kiani Hashem lokechem, amatsi aschem eretz, mitachasivlos, he says, I'll do all these four things, and then you're going to know, right? You're going to know that I'm Hashem. And then he says, Veveis is Chamalar. And I'm going to take it out of this room. Okay? Says Arachayim HaKadosh. Big problem. Kasha. I have a problem, he says. So Hashem didn't tell the truth. Because Hashem promised he's going to do these four things. This is a promise to Moshe Rabbeinu before he ever does any of them, right? I'll do all these four things to take out of Mitzrayim. Did he do that? Yeah, he did that. Good. 
And then he says, and I'm going to take you out. You're going to be my children. You're gonna, I'm going to be your God. And I'm going to take you to Eretz Yisrael. Only one problem. The people that came out of Mitzrayim, they never got to Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't their fault. I mean, it wasn't his fault. It was their fault. Oh, okay. Okay, but he promised. He promised that they would leave, leave Mitzrayim and go to Eretz Yisrael. And they didn't go. Well, two of them did. So you could say... So two of them did. Good. The women did. Okay. Right. Right. Well, right. right. Good. So the kid, young children. Was punished, you know, okay. Tell the kid I'm going to take you out for ice cream, and the kid misbehaves. But you promised to take me go, out. Oh, very good. That's the answer. Take a look. What he says. So, uh, fourth line where it's bolded. He says, "Venira." I'll tell you what really happened. Goes the Yibon Shalom is like smart. He's smart. Like he knows what he's talking about. He's a source of all wisdom. So he's smart. Uh, he knew what was going on. Before he says, what does he say first? You, first ha- we're going to go through these four stages, and what's going to happen afterwards? You're going to know that I'm God. Back to our, our theme, right? Emuna, you're going to believe in me. Right? And then what's going to happen when you go through the whole process of Geula and you're going to go to the Harsinah and get the Torah and you're going to be my nation and you're going to know that I'm Hashem and then I'm going to take you there to Israel. only one problem. Am Yisrael in the Midbar. Midatam Kiani Hashem didn't go so great. Right? Right? So he says, Tanai Hu Adavar. It was a condition. The last one was a condition. Right? Vezulat Im Tanatsu Hashem if you, don't, if you actually rebel against me and you don't trust me and you don't really believe that I'm your God and I can do whatever I want, then you're not going to go in. What was exactly the Avera of the Miraglim or the, or the Dor HaMiraglim, that, that, nation, that, that generation was, they didn't believe that Hashem could do whatever He wants. That's exactly what was missing. The, we can't, we're not going to be able to face those giants, the fruit so big, the, whatever the issue is, right? All these things are things that human beings can't do. But that the Rebono Shalom, who controls the whole world, who is Kol Yachol and controls all nature, he could do it very easily, right? And the fact that they cried that night and refused to believe that he could do it for them shows you didn't get Vidat Yashem. And that's why you didn't yet get Veveses Chamelaretz, which works very nicely with the fact that we don't yet drink the fifth cup at the Seder, right? Because we got to get there. That's the goal. The goal of tonight is Vidat Hemkian Yashem. Our goal through, the, through those four cups is to arrive at Vidat Hemkian Yashem. And once you get there, then Bezos Hashem, Veves Yashem which is really that, that element of the Seder, right? When you focus on the Seder in general, the, the Seder really is a three-part three part, um, story, right? It's past, present, future, right? The first half of the Seder is really all about the past. Right, what happened in Mitzrayim, even if you look how we split up the Hallel, the first two paragraphs of the Hallel are Betesi Jom Mitzrayim, right? And then we go to the second half, we get into Hallel, Nirtza, etc. It's all about the future. And it's all about Geula, right? the future Geula, Mashiach. Right? And that's why the fifth cup happens then. But, but the, the point being, our goal is taking us towards that eventual Geula, which will be Endoshan Abab Yishalayim, right? That's our whole goal of the Seder, is to talk about what happened, the previous Geula and where it's going to take us. Fine. So that, and that's why, says Orachim HaKadosh, Hashem wasn't lying, and he didn't, you know, uh, fall short of his promise. He just, uh, there, was, there, was a, there was a tie there, there was a condition. He didn't get there. Fine. But again, if we do, then we get there. They, they, when, uh, in 19, after, uh, I think it was after 68, after 48, after 48, in the state of Israel, so there were some who wanted to start, introduce the fifth cup. Because we, you know, Hevesis Hamelaretz, you know, it wasn't accepted. But, uh, but, but fine. But, okay. Anyways, would have been cool. But, okay.
but instead we put it on the table and we. I, I was at. Uh, I spoke at one of the high schools um, a couple of weeks ago. They asked me to come speak just about. You know, I had some rabbis come talk about Pesach. So one of the girls came over to me at the end. Of, this is a, like a tenth grader. At the end of the whole thing, and she says, "Can I ask you a question?" I said, "Yeah." She says, "When we opened the door, Eliyahu was really there, right?" I was like, I'm not going to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess he's there. I guess he's there. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But, 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 no, but, no, but no, I'm not going to, I don't know. He's there. Whatever it means that he's there. Yeah, he's there. He's there. Yeah, sure, he's there, you know. But, that, but this, right, that sense that we, that fifth cup has this, this power over us, right? That this sense that it, it takes us somewhere, somewhere in the future. So that's the, that's the goal. Fine. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move along. So as we move along in the Seder, we get to, we get to the four sons. So we spoke a little bit, a lot, on, uh, on Shabbos Agadol about the four sons. But I saw one, one interesting, uh, interesting Dvar Torah here from Rabbi Razner, Rishalom Razner. He put out a book after Rabbi Razner gave years and years and years of Parsha Shur. So he finally put out uh, a two-part Sefer on the Parsha based on the, the Shurim he he's given for so many years. So he pointed out one, one very nice, uh, nice shot. So we know that the, the Russia says... Right, what's this all about? Right? So, uh, so Razer wanted to argue, and I put it for you here, it's in the English here. He basically said, and he talks about, he, he's talking about the fact that, you know, we go in, uh, taz, you know, Shemini uh, to Tazria, we go from the stories of uh, a baby, you know, of, um, Yeah, that, that Shemini talks about the laws of like kosher and non-kosher animal, and then we go into the birth of a baby boy being born and having a birth. Like, what's the connection to these two things? So he wants to. All right, so the, the measure says, let's say that because a person's whole, like you know, everything, you know, uh, about a bit, the baby, the thing a baby learns in, 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 the, in the womb is so much about kosher. That's in order to keep kosher. So why is keeping why is that like number one thing of all the things you could talk about? So so he says like this. Um, and he says this is the pshat in the, in the, in the, in the Ben HaRasha. What does he say? We, we know we have a halach on, on Yantif. What's halach on Yantif? The Gemara talks about how much should a person spend time with Lashem, right? spending time in the base medrash and learning and davening, and how much should a person spend time with that the Yantif is Lachem, right? It's for you to enjoy. So the, the big, big machlok is how much, whatever, chetzu we assume, chetzu Lashem, chetzu Lachem, you should spend some of the time having meals and enjoying and some of the time taking a nap and some of the time learning and davening, etc. Fine. So he said, the, what, what's the pshat? The Russia says, zos lachem. And what's this avoda you do that's lachem? He says, you guys, you, you say you're so spiritual. Right? And what do you do every single yom? What have we all been doing the last two weeks? We have not been spending, so we spend some time learning, right, to get ready. But most of the time we're spending kashering and shopping. and so It's all food. We're spending so much time focused on, on, on the lachem. Right? What's wrong with you guys? That's, cr- that's not religion. Right? You guys are fakers. And so what's the answer? The answer is no. That's, if you want to know what Avodah Hashem is all about, Avodah Hashem is in everything that we do. Right? Our emunah, right? our, our, our recognition of the is not just in the, the times we do those religious things. I walk into shul. I'm religious in shul. I'm religious in my whole life. Right? And the opportunity of lachem is not just physical enjoyment, but it's taking physicality and using it for, the, for our Avodah Hashem, right? Which is the ultimate, actually, right? In Emunah, is when we spend your whole... Right? Everyone says, oh, what, what's the purpose of, the, of, of Shulchan Aruch? Right? Shulchan Aruch is, uh, oh, we have to eat, so we're stuck. And it's, no, it's not just we have to eat, so we're stuck. It's that, that's, that, Hagufa, that's part of our Emunah, right? Is that we said that no matter what we do, even the time we spend eating and drinking and enjoying and, right, and, and sticking around with our kids and everything that we do, all of that is part of Avodah Hashem. 
So Mav does those lachem at that very cute, like a nice, uh, you know, that the lachem. Assume that the, the rush. I mean, someone's you know, rush is tam chacham. He knows, and he's, he's you know, he's saying uh, saying it right over. But fine, okay, good. All right, let's keep moving. So, uh, okay. This one I thought was interesting. We'll skip six for now. Let's go on to seven. Seven is another Svasemes that I saw. Svasemes says like this in source number seven. We know, we talk about uh, the, all of the, those Zikanim were sitting in Bnei Brak, right? And they're enjoying their, with uh, what are they doing in, in Bnei Brak? What do we think they're doing? They're on the way back from... Uh, okay, so some say they're there, they're there for uh, the plan to revolt against the Romans. And, right, but but what, what's the date of the, the sitting in the... It's the, it's the Seder. It's the Seder, right? The, these Talmud, so everyone asks, like, how do they have a Seder without their children? How they, like, well, you know, what's going on here? On the way back. Right? Okay, fine, right. So there's all these different shots. How do you explain what's going on in there? Right? So the, so, and, we, and we say, and where does that start? That starts with the, what do we say about them? And any person who's marble the tells the story a lot, Harei right? That is a very praiseworthy thing to be the person who, who does such a thing, right? And then we tell a story about the mice of all these Talmud Chacham who sat around the table. So it's presumably they're like proving that, that point. We just said, if you, t- you tell the story, you know, for so, so super long, wow, it's Meshubach, wow, I'll tell you, give an example, these Talmud Chacham who stayed up the entire night, right? So it says, Fasemus like this. He says, Harei Meshubach, ain't no simen, Shehim Meshubach. He might say, oh, someone who does something like that, wow, that shows what a Meshubach person you are. That's not, that's not the point. It's not a, a revelation. And it's not that once you are marvelous, you spend so uh, My Seder went till 3 a.m. Oh, wow, that shows me what a revelation that you're really Meshubach. You're really, you're really from, right? That's, that's not the point. But rather, and it's such an important point. Rakshinase Meshubach Ayadei Hasipur. It's that when you spend the time focused at the Seder and you spend your time involved in that experience, Harei Meshubach, it changes you. You become Meshubach, right? It's not that. Once you do it, it shows who you were before. No, when you the more you involve yourself in this night, right, of explaining what the Rebbe Shalom did for us and how our, our perspective is supposed to be in life of, of, of living with Emuna, so then, wow, that's really going to change you. That's going to make you Meshubach, right? Just the experience of Yitzhak was a preparation for receiving the Torah, and eventually it got us to be able to, to again, accept, eventually, Hashem as our king, right? That the experience of Yitzhak, which is supposed to be our experience at night, we're supposed to see ourselves in that experience, so it's supposed to change us. Right? We're on a, we're on a pathway, right? We're in Mitzrayim now. We're, got bath, we're there now. We're going we're gonna to leave the night of the Seder and we're going to head on our way to, to, to Harsinai, right? That's, we're supposed to see ourselves that way. And that experience is supposed to actually change me. And then he says something so interesting. It's not so crazy to say. He says, but maybe it wasn't that night. That story. That story says maybe it took place. This isn't like some, you know, you know, uh, archaeologist telling you. This is the Svas Emes. He says, maybe, maybe it wasn't the night of the Seder. It wasn't Pesach. Why? So this is two separate points, which is interesting. Maybe that night they were just learning. They were learning all night. Why? It's not true. He said, because if it's not true, Kasha, I have a problem, you know, problem for you. Pshita, he says, Vahaya Efshar Od Lomar. 
They are stuck in Magid, right? They're in Magid. And it goes until the morning. So he says, what happened? Yeah, I never understood it like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't say that they were stuck in Magid. It's Correct. Like they were stuck right. in the secret. No, so we always read it. We always read it as afterwards they stayed up and they were continuing. And, and it just says it, the, the simple shot is that they're telling the story. Of when did you do that? You did it before the, the meal. The whole thing was mine. Right? That's what it sounds like. What, what were they reading, Rabbi? Was, are they reading about themselves? Like, no, but, 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 eat, but they didn't eat matzah and maror. They didn't, they didn't eat anything. Right? They didn't have a meal. It's also, the, 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 it is Pesach because it says Mesubin Bivnei Brah. Bivnei Brah. Okay, so again, don't get me wrong. Everyone else has agrees with this. I just thought it was cool. Right? You know, tell that your Seder. And get, get this, it wasn't even the Seder. So, but, but what, are you, what are you going to do? Right? Uh, and he says, he says, he goes, I can tell you, Osik and Mitzvah, Pachim in Mitzvah, they were learning, so they didn't have to do the Mitzvah of the Seder. He says, that's hard to argue. So he said, again, that's just his Pshat. But more important is the first point. The first Pshat with that, Harez and Meshubach, and it's such an important point, right? Sometimes they think that whenever I do something, so I have to do it to prove who I was, or prove who I am. No, we're, we're in a process. And I'm becoming Meshubach by spending my time. Involved, I become a shuba. Okay, good. Okay, another. Yeah. So he's just saying. He's just saying. If you do a simple shot, simple shot that they're in Magid, it's impossible because they never got the eat, and it became time for Kriya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. So source number eight. Source number eight is actually an idea from Rabbi Salvage, but, but it's quoted in the in this, the Haggadah of Rabbi Goldshatter. Rabbi Goldshatter. And it writes, it starts with as follows. So he says like this. Because we know, and we mentioned this a little bit at the uh, Shabbos Gadol also, right? That, uh, that um, we refer to Hashem as Baruch HaMakom Baruch Right? Baruch HaMakom Baruch um, And by the way, if we're, if we're looking at the Seder, not as much to tell a story, as much as we're there to strengthen our Amunah because of Hashem who took us out of Mitzrayim. So now we understand all these references to Hashem in different ways. Right? Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu Baruch Shana Santola Moisa Baruch Hu What is doing here? What is that? Arami Ovid Ovid fits better into that. Okay, okay. But what are we doing with that? So take a look. See, right? One traditional interpretation as to why one of God's names is HaMakom is the idea that God is the Makom Sha'olam, the place of the world. The interpretation of this is that God embraces the universe or that the universe is within God. Hashem is the place of the world. The place is Hashem, right? And Rishalavajik says, and there's another way to look at this. God is called place or home. To be homeless does not mean that a person does not have a roof over his head. Someone can have a strong roof and feel secure in his home, but can still remain exposed, insecure, and vulnerable. This is a, this is a, a motif that the Rav would talk about a lot, that the human being is by definition homeless. Be, why? Because a human being never has any place in which we can totally feel secure. Ask people who live in mobile homes in Alabama, they get Right? right? There's, no, there's no house that we have that is really, really you know, impervious. There's no such thing, right? right? Right, exactly. The only home where man can find security is within God, which is why a person who's close to God and feels that he's protected by his guiding hand is a person who's truly at home. This is the experience of knowing God as Hamakom. Point being that there's no such thing. There's no security for a human being in the world. There's no, there's no guarantees of safety. There's the only guarantee that Yibam Shalom is the one running the show, that he's the Masader, he has the Seder, he's the one in charge, he's the one who controls everything. So maybe you could argue, why Baruch HaMakam, Baruch what's doing in the Seder? 
That's right. That's the whole goal of the Seder. That's what we're here for. That's what we're doing. And that's why we have that idea brought here uh, in the Haggadah. I'm going to show you a really nice shot that Rabbi Tversky, Rabbi, J, Rabbi Abraham J. Tversky, source number 10, we'll skip number 9 for right now, um, says um, about one of the things that we, we have a hard time with, I think, is the part of the Seder where we go through the Pesukim, right? which is actually like the part where you're telling the story. Right? So we've already like set up, every kid said Manishtana 70, 76 times and every, right? And like, we've done, like, everyone said the Pshat on like the Chacham and the Russia, whatever. And then like, when we finally get to Armi Oved which is the whole story, actually those, those, those few Psukim that tell the story of living, living Egypt and we're like, we're just like reading really fast, right? So part of that's because we don't understand what they're talking about. But one of them is, we say, what, what was one of the things that we say when we're standing to bring Bikurim? Vayered Mitzrayma. That we went down into Egypt. Okay? And why? And we say the pshat. What is the pshat? Anus We were forced because of dibor, something that someone said. What does it mean that we were forced to go to Egypt because of what someone said? What's the simple pshat? We went to Egypt because someone said it was going to happen? Hashem said it. Hashem had said, right? you're going to go to some Eretz, Lolahem. You're going to go there, right? Hashem forced us. We knew it was going to happen because Hashem said it was going to happen. So he writes like this. The literal translation of the text compelled by the word the most common interpretation of the word is that Jacob was ordered by God to go to Egypt. However, one of the, one, he says it's different, right? That, that Hashem told him, go, Yaakov. You should go. Don't worry. Go. The, uh, however, one of the Torah commentaries offers another explanation. The embryonic origin of the Egyptian saga began with Joseph's bearing tales of his brother's improper behavior to Jacob, which resulted in their hatred of him. They're selling him into slavery. Joseph's rise to power in Egypt and Jacob's eventual descent to G- Egypt with his entire family which then culminated in the enslavement of the Israelites. Had Yaakov refused to accept Yosef's gossip about his brothers, the entire tragic Egyptian epic might never have come to pass. These are the bitter roots of Lashon Hara, the caring of tales. The great sage of recent generation, the Chavetz Chaim, dedicated his life to the eradication of Lashon Hara, and in his many writings in the subject, repeatedly points out that listening to tales about another person is every bit as grievous as the sin as carrying the tales. Not only is listening to Lashonara as passive sin in its own, but by providing a listening ear to one who speaks Lashonara, one is an accomplice to the act of sin. So what's the point? Anus al piyadibur. Yosef's words. It was the words of Yosef. Of Yosef. But by the way, that Yaakov listened to. What a what like he's the father. He's supposed to be listening. Like such a, a harsh right thing to say. So he points out here that the, the Avos obviously held to a certain standard, right? But that it was Yaakov's listening to the Dibor of Yosef that causes Vayyei Mitzrayim. And that's Anus Alpiyah Dibor is a different shot because of the Dibor, because of the language, because of the things that were said and his, and his accepting it, that was what took him to Egypt. And that interesting, the, the, interesting shot. The premise of the whole thing is that you're going to go down to Egypt. It, 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 so if Yaakov and Yosef, that wasn't. So there's another way to get them. Down. There's another pshat that I'm not, that I'm not saying now because I might say it for Yontif about oh, lo- about the experience of love on and how lo- the Rav has a pshat that maybe they didn't. Hashem never said Egypt, right? And then maybe they maybe didn't have to go to Egypt, and that it didn't have to be Egypt. It was it was some place. Eretz Lolahem wasn't clear what that place was going to be. As much as Hashem had a seder, it could have been. Multiple possibilities in theory. Um, and we're not that simple. There's different, there's a lot of different like shots. Yeah. How many people are going to get blamed? <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty bad thing that happened, you know? But, uh, but yeah. I got to tell you another shot. I got to tell you another shot before we get to the, some, some practical things. Uh, last shot, source number 10, and I'll, 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 I'll just say it to you after that is Charlemagne Drugs. It's such a cool shot. 
What is the thing we put on the table representative of the Korban Pesach? What do we call that? Zro. What does Zroa mean? Arm. It means arm. It means arm, right? And what do we use? What do we use? We use actually like, like a leg of, it, of, it, of the chicken, whatever, right? As the Zroa. This is why the Zroa? What does that have to do? What, what is the, you could have used the, I don't know, use the neck, use the head. Use, we use, a, fit, we use a, a lamb's head on, on Rosh Hashanah, right? Why do you have to use the Zroa? So he says, presumably he says the Zroa is, is um, and the Gemara actually points this out. They weren't so that that, that when, what is the, the shot in the Zroa? Zroa is the arm of Baspara. Then when Basparo sees Yosef, what, to sees Moshe in the, in the basket, who doesn't know what it is, what does she do? She reaches out her arm, right? She reaches out her arm, and she, right? So what's the kasha? Lots of people ask. What she do? Business, if it's so far away that her arm had to stretch so far, right? What business does she have reaching in the first place? Don't reach. What are you reaching for? It's so, like, you know what I mean? Like, right? like I don't try to dunk. Like, it's not a havamina. Like, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. I don't like try. I try to dunk. I'm not trying. It's not going to happen. It's not possible. So what's she reaching for, right? So he said, that's the beautiful point, he says. The Bali Musa point out that, that what's the idea of that medrash, right? Because right? the medrash is not just to tell us some cool biological thing happened to her. The medrash is to teach us something. That when a person sometimes sees something that seems out of their grasp, and they say, ah, man, I, I, why bother? Why bother, right? You reach... You never know how the Rebbe Shalom is going to respond to you. So we specifically choose the, the item that represents the Korban Pesach to be the Zroa. Because as we sit the Seder, hoping for something that's going to come, Hashem, the, the Geula. So what, what am I going to do? How am I going to do something? What am I going to do to bring Mashiach? What am I going to do to make a change in, in, in Klai Yisrael? What, what small, tiny, nothing drop in the bucket am I going to do? It's never going to happen. So we use the Zroa to represent that that reach, and he points out that the words, the language, words of Zroa, Zion, Resh, Vav, Ayin, also the words, Ozer, right? Oh. Helper. That when you reach, the Boshlam becomes your Ozer. Okay, fine. Last thing I'll tell you is just that we always say that uh, there's two times a year when we say Lashana Bab Yushalayim in the liturgy. One of them is Yom Kippur, the other time is Pesach. So those are the two times when the lack of Pesach Mikdash is so obvious. Yom Kippur was all about the Beis HaMikdash. The, uh, the um, Pesach was all about Korban Pesach. The, the lack of Beis HaMikdash is so obvious. And that's why those are the two times that we sing Lashana Bab Yishalayim. Okay, but let's talk about a few practical things. Besides this, which I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping gives us like a framework, right? Again, share one or two of these different the Seder. Or, or by the way, you can do two the first night to the second night. The, the one advantage we have of doing it again so we shouldn't just do the same exact thing twice, right? We should do something, we should try to say different, different different Torah the second night, you know? Rather than like, yeah, wash, rinse and repeat, do it again. We're doing it a second time, we might as well make a, a chiddish a little bit, say something new the second night, but fine. But what, a few things that we should just think about as we go into this later. Number one, the Beis Yosef and the Shulchan Aruch Harav both point out that when a person reads the Agada, they should not read the Agada only in Hebrew. Unless everybody understands the Hebrew perfectly. Why? Because you're right, because what, what is the point? He says, right, look at Beis Yosef. He made the Beis Yosef writes, where it's bold and underlined. What's the goal of understanding the question if you don't know the answer? He says, so say it in English. Say the Mashan in English. Say lots of it. Shachan Harav says, say many of the pieces in English. Whatever you got to do, right? The Haggadah should be something that we understand is not a, it's not a, it's not a sitter, by the way. We talk about diving in English also. But it's, it's not Tehillim to just read. 
Right? It's there to be understood. So that's number one. As we're going to go through the Seder, we should do it in a way that people can understand what we're doing. A couple years ago, though, that there's some parts that People read Pesach Matzah Marah. Pesach Matzah Marah. Those three paragraphs. You should read in Hebrew, but you should also translate them. Because if you say them and you don't know what they mean, they're also not going to be helpful. Right? It's not helpful. But, but the point is that the conversation, so we should translate. We should read it in Hebrew and English. Whatever it is we're going to do, but we should say it in a way, whatever we're talking about, we should talk about it in a way that people know what's going on. That our kids know what's going on. That every adult at the table, even those who don't have the same similar background, many of us who have a background, not every word of the Haggadah do we understand in English. They know what it means. We should translate. We should use English. We all are trying to find a Haggadah with the coolest Divrei Torah. How about a Haggadah that has English translations so we know what we're saying, right? Um, it, it's, very, it's very important. That's number one. And it's so important, by the way, that it's in the Beis Yosef, it's in the Shulchan Harab. It's not just like, you know, you know, modern rabbis telling everybody this. This is important to do. Okay. So what should we do to make the Seder more meaningful? So we have, if we have little kids at the Seder, um, you should make the Seder like a, a party. You should make it like the most exciting thing in the world, if you can. And that is part and parcel of this. Someone, I just saw a clip. Who, uh, who was it? Rabbi the White Shul is... Uh, very finer. Very finer was saying he met somebody who was at, at the Pachan Yitzchak's uh, Seder. You know, Rav Huttner's Seder. He's like, wow, what was Rav Huttner's Seder like? It was like, must have been like, you know, these deep Torahs. Rav Huttner wrote this beautiful Seder, Pachan Yitzchak, which is like this very esoteric Machshav Seder. Because Rav Huttner sat at the Seder and played with his grandchildren the whole time. The whole Seder. Right? That's the goal. It's not about fancy Divar Torah. Like, give you Divar Torah. So you say a couple of them. It's nice to say Divar Torah. If you have more adults, it's okay. It's even better. But like, you know, if, it's, if there's a little kid at the table, so we should be doing shtick and things to keep them awake and to play and as much shtick as you could possibly come up with. You know, the more shtick, the better. Um, to really, you know, one thing, by the way, someone else told me that Rabbi John Green, who was a recent Rabbi in MCA, now he works with me in, in YU. Um, he pointed out, he says he used to make his different kids the guest speaker at each meal. You're the guest speaker. You know, why? Again, to share the different Torah throughout the night. That's such a nice idea. Um, my father gives out little index cards to everybody for the Shainer Daily Show, you know, who's not going to want to reach, you know, you know uh, raise their hand. So you always give us something to, to read, right? To, so that every single person should participate. Uh, Rabbi Shefkin has in his top five books, his top five book, Mishpacha Magazine top five. So one of them, he has top five things of, about the Seder. And one of the things he points out is give everybody a chance to participate. Every single kid, every single adult, right? Adults also want to participate. Uh, everyone wants to feel a part of things. Um, giving everybody something to do is a really, really nice way to help everybody feel they're connected. Um, something else, basically we talked about, about the themes of the night. We should do that. We should throw out and mention, what are we here for, guys? What's this about? Hashem controls the world. Hashem loves me. Hashem cares for me. Hashem cares for all of us. Hashem takes care of us. Hashem takes care of the world. That's what we're here for. We should say it and talk about it. And, right? It's something we should do throughout Throughout the Seder. Okay. And, I, and yeah, just a good, you know, I speak, I'm a big talker. We should try not to make like the first hour and a half be the Manashtana. Because then no one has any, t- any patience for anything else. So like, you'll, lose, you'll lose everybody after the Manashtana. And you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, but, but it's true. Like, I also, I get like impatient. I have to be careful because like every kid wants to, like, I, but I, I try to be on purpose. You can do other things. Every kid doesn't have to say the Manashtana. Right? Or, or they can, but like, that's like, Move it along. And the kids shouldn't feel. This like, I don't know what this got in our heads. Manashtan is done. Children are dismissed. Like, well, what is happening? And it's not done because you said the Manashtan. That's just the beginning. We just started, right? So it's important to like keep that, keep that in mind. Yeah, that yeah. Our, our name, 
Yeah, the one. No, if you call me president, say my understanding. I don't know, um, but but the more things you can do. So, so we we when my kids were very little, we used to do Chris uh, Yamsuf. We'd get blue tablecloths and we'd put like candies on them, and everyone run through. And of course, the more the adults get involved, the better. I put on the pyro hat. We got a pyro hat one year. So like all that, whatever that shtick is, which I'm sure you guys all do in your house. But like the more nonsense and craziness, the the more from your seder. The more firm your seder, because you're doing things that matter. Um, you're doing things that get keep them involved, and it happens to you know. But also use it as an opportunity, and because we usually have a lot of us have kids of different ages, or we're a, a lot of adults at the seder. Um, there are so many opportunities throughout the seder to talk about inyane emuna that we struggle with, and that we're concerned about. You know, uh, why did God put us in Mitzrayim in the first place only to save us and have us say, thank you, Hashem, for saving us? That's a great question. We should probably talk about that. Right? Like, why does, that, why, why does God do that to us all the time in our lives? There's so many questions that are big Amuna questions. Yeah. Do you have, like, an answer to that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- the answer, of course, is that we don't have the answer. I mean, there are some answers to that question. So it strengthened us. Some of the, some of the Farshim say things are like, it made us stronger, it taught us certain values, there's something you can learn from that. You, when you struggle through things, you grow. There's all kinds of, you know, that, right, you have to be careful. We don't ever say we know Hashem makes X or Y, Z happen to us. But, that, but that's not just a question about, the, about Mitzrayim. That's a question for us every single day. If we believe, because once we, we're talking about Hashem, Hashem does this, Hashem has a Seder for us, everything is Hashem. Well, yeah, what about all the bad stuff? That's also Hashem. And that brings up really hard questions for kids. Why does Hashem make the bad stuff happen? Right? And the answer, of course, is we, if you have the answer to that question, then we, right? Why does bad things happen to good people? But like, right, we can, right, some of it we can, I think we can talk about. We have our own perspectives on. We don't have the answer to every single question. But we, but using the Seder, and you're going to say, what do you mean? But we're supposed to read the, the four sons next. Well, okay. Maybe spend 20 minutes on that conversation. It's okay. It's actually great. If that's what happens in the other Seder. And by the way, you can also say sometimes, why don't we use that one? We'll talk about that one during the meatballs. You know, we'll have that one during the chicken soup, and then we can, you know, pause and, and bring it up. But it, it's a great way to, to, uh, to give that opportunity to have real conversations, because in the end of the day, that is what's happening. That's what the night's about. It is an opportunity for conversation. It's an opportunity to talk, to ask questions, and to give answers. And the more we can keep them, and by the way, the more we can keep, if they're younger, and we keep them involved by giving them more marshmallows, I give away more marshmallows, and more nonsense, and more junk, that it's hard to find the balance between junk that they will keep them engaged and not so much that they get caught up in this in the stick you give them fine but like the more you can keep them engaged in that conversation and certainly as we have older kids and older adults adults at the table the more we can oh, have this conversation <laughs> so, yeah. so the, the better the better, the better that we do the better that we do um yeah no but and i think so but I, but i think also is one one last thing which i think is so so important and that is like this i think there's so much of judaism that we say like, you know, like it used to be that in the old days, you wouldn't have to learn halacha. You just lived in your parents' house and you just, osmosis. you know, osmosis, you just learned Rabbi Salvation, the rest of that. Like it used to be a Jew would just like be in their parents' house and they just like knew what to do because you didn't need a shulchan aruch. You just like watched your mother, right? It was like so, and today it's much harder. We have to teach those things and learn them. I'll tell you one area where we, I think we still do it is the Seder. You know, there's an experience there at the Seder that we all do, and we do better than we think we do, I think, also. And that is the experience of sitting around the table and singing the same songs and making the same jokes. And that, there's, a, there's a, such a critical, beautiful Masora that's happening in that moment that we're transmitting to our kids. And sometimes the simplicity of it 
It makes us feel like uh, it's not enough because it's so simple. And we shouldn't, that's a mistake, right? The simplicity of it is sometimes the beauty of it, right? To sit and to sing and to enjoy and, to, and the kids just to kind of experience that. And for all of us, the adults also, to experience it and to, and to, and to enjoy it, I think it's important. And we shouldn't like be thinking like, oh, it wasn't good enough and it wasn't this and I didn't, wasn't sophisticated enough. And what, you know, as much as we have ideas, and that's great, the experience is, 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 is there to be an experience itself. And I think we should feel good about that also. And you know, with all these, whatever it is, you want to take one Dvar Torah from this whole thing or one idea that we said tonight, that'll be great to enhance the Seder. But the bottom line is, we come prepared. If we come prepared, we have some ideas and it won't go just how we want it to go. As prepared as we are, it'll go sideways at some point. But as much as we come with some idea, some goal, and reminding everyone what the goal of the night is, then Bez Hashem, we can have a very, very successful Seder night. Okay. Shkoyach.